Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Art Turner, the host of the program. Our American Heritage, a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning through the present. And today we want to welcome back as our special guest, Mr. Jim Chris. Jim, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Jim is the uh, president of the Paoli Battlefield Preservation Society and many other organizations that he's involved in. And I've asked Jim to come and share with our listeners many of the different activities and things that Paoli does throughout the year where people can come and get involved and participate in the activities. So, Jim, if you would like to just pick that up and share. Sure. First, please tell our listeners, where is the Paoli Battlefield for anyone who doesn't know? (laughs) Well, if you're driving around the car, uh, driving around Paoli looking for it, you're not going to find it. It's (laughs) actually in Malhern, Pennsylvania. It's off of Monument Avenue in Malhern, Pennsylvania. There's two parts of the park. One is owned and operated private land, but actually the public is invited to come. It's by the Paoli Memorial Association. There's a scout cabin sort of down by Sugartown Road on Monument Avenue. You'll see baseball fields. There's tennis courts. There's a gazebo. And then when you get into the park all the way up towards the uh, where we are, you'll see um, uh, the monuments that we have. There's a centennial monument to the Battle of Paoli that was dedicated in 1877. The Paoli Memorial Association just got done fixing that up a little bit. They actually brought dirt up and built a stone wall sort of around it so people can sit around that monument and talk or just sit a nice summer day there. Uh, There's other monuments that are there that tell the story of uh, different wars that we were involved in. You also have the original 1817 monument that is over the mass grave where 52 soldiers are buried. And that was dedicated on September 20th, 1777 as part of the battle. And then right behind the battlefield is the Paley Battlefield itself proper that we administrate. The borough of Malvern owns that property, but we administrate, educate, and help preserve that ground for the borough of Malvern. And I know, Jim, you as president and the board has many different activities throughout the year where people can come and visit the park and take an active role in participation in some of the programs. Share with our listeners, please, the programs that Paoli has that people can come and and get involved with. Well, the easiest one that you can do if you're really a history nut, and of course, with the COVID situation going on, we're not meeting at a place to give these lectures. These lectures are now online on our Zoom account. And you can either go to our website, which is rememberpaoli.org, or you can go to our Facebook page or community Facebook pages to try to find out. The lectures are the second Monday of the month, and you have to register for the lecture before you get the link to tell you how to get in there. So you can go to our website, register for the lecture, and then email you the link to get in. But we have monthly lectures. It's always the second Monday of the month. Our next one will be December the 14th, and it will feature Michael Jasenberger, who will be covering colonial Christmases. What did they do back in the colonial times? How did they celebrate Christmas? Also, again, the battle around Christmas, which is Washington's crossing and the Battle of Trent. So those three subjects will be part of our next lecture, which is, again, December the 14th. Later on this month, December 19th, it's a Saturday. We're having our Reese Across America celebration. That, again, is we don't, it's going to be closed to the public. We're going to live stream the event on our Facebook page. And so you can go to Paley Battlefield Historical Park, or you can go to Reese Across America at the Paley Battlefield, and you'll be able to see the live stream of the ceremony that we do. And again, we do not ask, we really don't want anyone to come out that night because of the, or that day because of the COVID. But this is a 
uh, this Reef Across America really started in 1992 when this company purchased or excessive reef up in Massachusetts. They had a surplus of holiday reefs, and they decided to donate them to Arlington National Cemetery. And when that decision was made, everybody from Maine got involved, you know, trucking companies, the senators that were there. And it became an annual tribute really until 2005 when there was a photo taken of all these reefs laying on the graves, and it really shot up over that. And after 2005, we're actually going into 2014, it grew from the small ceremony to now 1,000 locations along the United States. Now it's on 2,000 locations in the United States and Oakland. This is our fourth year of doing it, and we land these 53 degrees on our site or at the grave site to help commemorate 53 who died on the battlefield that night. Of course, there's many more who probably died, but we don't know their names or um, you know, where they were buried. So this is a very, uh, basically just moving tribute to honor the veterans from the Revolutionary War. And Jim, yep. what was your thinking about why the Paoli Battlefield got involved with Reeves Across America and their continued involvement with that? Yeah, the Daughters of the American Revolution came to us and asked us about this. We also had to bring in the Paley Memorial Association because that's the ceremonies held there. So all three of us got together about four years ago and decided that this would be a very you know proper and, and good thing to do so as lincoln would say we held the event in you know four years ago there was snow on the ground probably about maybe four inches and i was surprised at how many people showed up i thought maybe we'll get a crowd of maybe 10 people with all the snow we had over 100 there yeah. um the next two years that we had it unfortunately it rained but we had tents that people could sit under to keep dry and we had to lay hay down so people wouldn't slip walking the reefs. And this year, of course, we're we're praying for that good weather, which will probably happen during the pandemic when no one's allowed in. So um, <laughs> the way and things that, happen. But that again yeah. is December nineteenth at what time, Jim? Eleven o'clock. It's from eleven to twelve, and you can only view it on our Facebook page. We'll probably put the video on our website later on. But do not, do not, do not show up at the park because you will be turned away because of COVID. Okay. I was just going to jump one of the paranormal tours that we have. Yeah. Um, they became popular. We usually had one in the spring, one in the fall. And really, the demand is there for it. Um, we had a lot of encounters at the Paley Battlefield. We've had from dogs refusing to move at a certain spot that they, they just won't move. We've had photographs of things that are unexplainable in the battlefield. We've had voice recordings. So we, we've had a Back lot of different... Uh, different actions at the Paley Battlefield that people have recorded, and we do a lecture on a yearly basis to give you the results of what happened with the, with the tour. Next year, May 10th, will be our spring paranormal tour, and then we're going to try something different. We're going to have two paranormal tours in October. One will be October 2nd, and the other will be, I think it's the last Saturday in September. I think it's the 28th or something like that. Or it might be 26 off the look, but there, but that those we're, we're going to do as I say three paranormal tours, and there is a fee that you have to pay to enter. You have to sign a waiver because it's at nighttime. You'll be around in groups of probably about 10 or so. They'll guide you through the different areas, and some of the people have different gifts. They they use dowsing rods. Some people use electronic equipment. Some people use photographs. Some people talk into like a voice box that you can get that records anything around them. You feel free to bring any equipment that you want. Usually everyone always has a cell phone. So with a cell phone, you can turn on your voice recorder and at the different stops. And, you know, they usually hold what they call the uh, um, EVTs that you can talk and see if anything answers. We did have one that 
I know that we, we brought up that election a few years ago where we were talking about this certain area and there was probably, you know, they, they, they felt a presence there. And um, at the end of the recording, somebody asked, is there anything we can do for you? And there's a long pause and you don't hear anything, you know, while you're there. We didn't hear a word. So we ended the, the tape then and went back on our merry way. Well, when they replayed the tape, we heard that question, is there anything you can do to help us? And we heard a low voice at the bottom almost whispering saying, help me. Oh. Um, oh. We've, had, we've had, yeah, we had things with fog. That's not, you know, it wasn't like a damp, chilly night. There shouldn't have been fog there, but there was there, uh, not just in down by the bridge area, but also in different portions of the battlefield, especially the grave site. We've had lots of, Lori knows this and, and Cal probably know all the spots by heart, but there are different people that we usually pick up at different spots. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of, this is our, probably our fifth or sixth, maybe seventh year doing it. So we, yeah. we do, we, we just had them once and then we had them twice a year. Now we're going to try three times a year. Um, <laughs> and it's that's also, a, a big event for us, one of our big fundraisers for the year. And share with our listeners, Jim, the, the biggest event that we have every year in September. <laughs> Except last year. <laughs> Except last year. <laughs> yeah, which is a COVID year. We just call it COVID year and wipe our COVID year. Um, we, we have an event that we started off in 2012 with called Daily Battlefield Heritage Day. And this day is to commemorate the soldiers, not only of the Rebel War soldiers in Paoli, but all our soldiers, all our veterans. We have a reenactment group called Historic Military Impressions. I am the treasurer of that group, but we have different outfits there, and we try to build a different repertoire and, you know, to include Civil War. We had people there uh, dressed as Spanish-American War with, you know, and they had some of the artifacts that they carried around, and it's really good for people to walk around our timeline, and they can see from the Rev War to present day how different the uniforms were and, and how the armaments changed and the guns changed throughout the years. So it's a, it's a tribute to them. We also have different historical sites there, the historic Sugartown, Colonial Plantation, Valley Forge, Brandywine, Chad's Ford Historical, Sanderson Museum. So we have a lot of uh, to different uh, Easttown Historical Society, I think in the Prussia, Malvern. So we have a lot of different sites. Uh, what's the other one now? Waynesboro, another one I forgot. They come out and help us. We even have people from far away in Delaware, the Hale Burns House, that usually comes out to our events well. They'll tell you the story of the first meeting of Lafayette and Washington and the planning for the Battle of Cooch's Bridge by General Washington and his troops. So a very good story uh, about that house in Delaware. We also have, as well, uh, different vendors and crafters there. I think in the prior years, we had a, a colonial beer making. Uh, the guy would show you how to make beer. We have a blacksmith. We, have, we actually had last year dancers, or in 2019, we had uh, colonial dancers. So we have a lot of different entertainment for the people. We also have about seven or eight different food trucks, anything from crab cakes to pizza. We actually had a beer garden from our friends over at Locust Lane that came and, and helped us out. And, of course, we had areas cordoned off that you could uh, have a nice lunch, listen to a DJ, and see all the events kind of unfold around you. And then at the end of the day, we have an honor ceremony at the grave site that we get involved where the reenactors are march in. They do a 21-gun salute. We play taps, amazing grace, and end the day with a flag-folding event. So uh, it's, it's a good event. It's usually third Saturday in the month of September. That's when we try to target our Heritage Day to try to keep it as close to the 20th as we can. And as I said, this is an extension of what started in 1817, September 20th. 
1817 when they dedicated the mass grave there and the monument. They had a parade and they did this annually and they called it Paoli Days. And then right when the Civil War happened, I got that we're finding evidence that it continued up to the Civil War. There might have been some changes around it, but it came out in 1868 as I think it was uh, Decoration Day and then later on into Memorial Day. So it's a very uh, moving time and a moving tribute to all the Americans who served in combat. Um, you can learn a lot from just being there. So we encourage people to come out, hopefully, the third Saturday of September in 2021. I'm confident, Jim, we'll have that this year. And w one of the things that I love that, that you do is that Heritage Day is very family-orientated. Parents can bring out the kids, and there's a lot of things that for the whole family that they're able to see and participate in during that day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bart, uh, one of our board members, you probably hear, hear his name a lot. He really helped in getting the kids aspect of that going. And he has little questions in the book that he hands out to all the kids. They can tear off a piece uh, at the end and drop it in a bucket. Then we do drawings every hour or they can win a prize. They can win prizes. And then at the end of the uh, event, we actually have our grand prize event. Uh, that we do. So um, we do award prizes for the kids and it's it's about education. That's what we want to do and that's what we want to be known for. So bring your kids out definitely. If you buy the tickets in the month of August, you will get a 10% discount on your tickets. If you buy them after that, they will be a full face value and I think they're $10 a piece. And so listen, and, that's... Uh, it, yeah, let me rephrase that. It's $10 for one person and it's $20 for a second person or for the family. So we're not going to charge you more than 20 bucks. So it would be 10 or 20. It's a great obviously we, just want, obviously, we don't want like 100 people to say they're in the same family. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, we, we do, we, we will cut off at a certain point. But uh, that's what we do. If you want to make a donation to us as well, you can feel free to do that on our website. Or if you want to buy anything from our shop that's on our website, remember paley.org. Our store is open. We have t-shirts, hats, and books and other paraphernalia that you can buy and help us out. And Jim, our latest and your latest activity is share with our listeners, please, uh, about the walking tours. Yes. Uh, I started the walking tours because people needed to get out. <laughs> we were all sick of being stuck in COVID. Bart had been doing a great job with these uh, bus tours that we had. It was a, a small bus that we could get that I think we're, there was only 11 seats available in the bus to take a tour. It was probably about a four-hour tour, driving tour. So I decided to kind of melt that down into just doing a walking tour from the Malvern Borough building right across the street. It's a place called Malvern Arts, right where the Baptist Church is. And they were very kind enough to lend us their parking lot. And we start there and we do a two-hour walking tour. Actually, we end at the uh, grave site at the park. And then from there, if anyone wants to hear me rattle on as we walk back, we can. But it's probably about a, it's, it's about a two-hour walk. And, and that has really, really took off. And you're going to continue that in the spring when the weather gets warm again? And, and Correct. It, is, that a, is that a specific day that you do that, uh, the week or the month, Jim? We're aiming for doing it on Saturday from 1 to 3. Uh, we might move it a little bit to maybe make it 1.30 to 3.30, but... I think that time is pretty well spent. We did have some, we, we did have the, the church rents out to certain people on Saturday and we've had to sort of wait till probably about a quarter to one before the car is cleared enough out where we had traffic that we could park in. So uh, I might move it, but that's sort of the time frame we do it. Saturday is usually a good day to do it in the spring. Hopefully, you know, we'll wait till the weather is warmer, probably end of March, early April to kind of start them up again. 
We do have about a 30 or 40 page booklet that we hand out that'll give you all the information about the Battle of Paoli and hopefully answer your questions. If not, we have for $20, you can purchase the Battle of Paoli book for Tom McGuire, which is what I based the tour off of. And you can go home and read it at your leisure. But those tours are going to be up and coming. And if the weather and the COVID, actually, if the COVID goes away, we might even start up our bus tours probably later in the summer. Okay. Jim, when you have your walking tours, is there one particular part of the battlefield where you see that the listeners or participants have more of a reaction than maybe another part of the battlefield? I think when we get to the cannon, (laughs) we talked about it in our earlier segment. Um, There is one wheel on the cannon. And I let people walk up to it, and they kind of give me this look like, why is a one-wheeled cannon in your battlefield? And I kind of have to go and explain it, that the, the wheel isn't missing. No one, stood, no one took off with it. <laughs> it happened because the cannon, the cannon itself got knocked off the, the hind wheels out on Sugartown Road during the battle, and that caused a backup. And because of that backup, the soldiers weren't able to escape the battlefield in time before the British came and bayoneted them. So that, that, that I get a lot of expression on the other expression i get is actually from the cover of tom's book too it's the battle of paley painting that we have out there from xavier delgada and it was painted five years after the battle and we had one professor in the midwest i think in the 70s or 80s who said i think i found conclusive evidence of who made this painting and no one could figure out who this person was because xavier delgada is an italian artist He's never been to America. He's never been to the Paley battlefield. So how could he paint this vision of what somebody had of the battle? And finally, it was only about two or three years ago that finally the Museum of the American Revolution of Philadelphia actually got their curators and people together. They met with this guy and they were able to conclusively prove that Lieutenant Richard St. George of Ireland actually made that painting. It was, Mm. uh, he, he sort of suffered a traumatic experience there. And he also got wounded in Brandywine. He had a head wound. And he actually needed a steel plate in his head to kind of close the wound. And sort of his therapy, because he had all his trauma in him, was to paint. And he painted not only Paoli, he also painted a German town painting. The building there looks nothing like Clifton at all. It looks like an Italian, you know, villa, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the coast of the Mediterranean. But, you know, every, everything else is, is pretty accurate as far as how he remembers it. But he did a lot of sketches. And through the sketching and through his work and from, you know, interviewing and doing to different people, it narrowed it down to him that conclusively he was the guy who met with Xavier Delgada in his London studio and actually came up with that painting five years after the battle. And if you look at that painting and you hold it up and look at the battlefield, it looks like someone just took a Polaroid and, and snapped it right there. I mean, it's, oh. it's amazing detail in it's- that painting. Hey, Jimmy, with your study of the Paoli battlefield and your preparation for the walking tours, is there any one particular situation in your study that really stuck out in your mind that maybe you didn't know from before or something that's extremely sobering about the battle? Well, um, a lot of different things. As I say, I've I've also been, you know, trying to, to catch every lecture that uh, that Tom McGuire gives on the subject because he's the man who has it all upstairs. He knows Paley backwards and forwards. The new situation, new information kind of came alight from actually from Michael Harris as a reason as to why the 42nd of foot or the Scottish troops were so incensed with Anthony Wayne. Why did they, why was this battle termed the Paley massacre? We do find incidents of some, some abnormal things, let's say. But when these guys come in, I think Tom recalls a story as one of the Scottish men is in, I think he's a, he, 
in with his men and the guy next to him, I think it's one of his sergeants die. And this guy just goes berserk and just with his hands is killing Americans. The other thing that we have, of course, are that, you know, through ground evidence that we did find later on from Bravo when they were out in the battlefield doing uh, ground imaging radar on the battlefield, we did find these black discs in the ground. Mm. And they matched perfectly with his wigwams or structures that the Wayne ordered his troops to build to keep their gunpowder and arms dry, mainly their gunpowder. They, they slept on their arms, but uh, it's something that kind of confirmed what was there. And it's, you know, it, it's a little bit sobering. You tell about this, but how do you really know? You know, you heard this from somebody, you read it somewhere, but now you see the ground imaging radar back up what was being said, and it's, it's happening right in that area. It's, it's amazing. These wigwams were built to keep their gunpowder dry because of the Battle of Clouds, what happened there. He didn't want that to happen again. A lot of the troops fled into these structures. The British held them in with bayonets on one end, and on the other end, they light the structure on fire. And as one of the British commented, the poor wretches rather face death by flame than to face the British bayonet. Mm. Um, so it, it is it is rather sobering when you get into the, some of the atrocities that happen there. But the one thing we can't find anywhere in any chain of command of General Gray's is any men saying, give them no quarter. Even at that time, Captain John Andre, who, of course, people remember Major John Andre from the uh, uh, West Point debacle with uh, Benedict Arnold, but he was a captain and he's here with Gray. And he writes, it can't be a massacre. We captured 79 prisoners. So how could it possibly be a massacre? If we're going to wipe people out, why would we take prisoners? Half of those prisoners actually don't make it back to their camp. They're left at houses because they're too badly wounded to continue. So the Patriot side really whipped this up into it was a complete 100% massacre. And the British side, they're getting decorations for it. The 49th Foot, who participated as part of the light infantry, wears a red badge on their uniforms to this day. The, survive, the 49th, whatever regiment they got folded into, they're allowed to keep an item, and they kept what's called the, it's, it's actually called the Brandywine Flash, but it really should be called the Paoli Flash, and it's because of what happened on August, September 20th, where they were part of the light infantry that I think they worded as it was for the, the 49th of Foot's attack on a place called Paoli. Hmm. So there's a lot of history wrapped up in it, and there's a lot of conflicting stuff, especially with people wanting to hear this massacre aspect of it, where you know everyone was out just killing people wildly. And you do find from time to time there are atrocities that did happen there. I'm not going to kid you, there were. This was a very, you know, the bayonet's a very pretty weapon as well, but it wasn't a pre-ordered by the commanders. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have a massacre, you usually have to have an order somewhere. It's not specifically from Gray. It could become from a field unit that give the enemy no quarter. And we did hear from Colonel Hay and some people, the 7th, that said they they heard something of that screamed. They don't know. But we can't find any evidence, any written evidence, at least, that this was a massacre. Listeners, the Battle of Paoli is extremely important for the American Revolution. And it's in our area. So please all of us go and visit and research and read about this important battle with Paoli. So Jim, thank you again for coming and sharing. And before we close, share with our listeners, please, the website for Paoli so our listeners can continue to uh, get new information and update on the activities. Sure. Uh, our website is rememberpaoli.org. All together, rememberpaoli.org. You can also, we have the Facebook site, Paoli Battlefield Historical Park. On Facebook, on Twitter, we are at Paoli Battle. Uh, that's our handle. So you can get in touch with us either of those ways. 
and please help us. We currently have our fundraising for Giving Thursday going around. If you'd like to make a contribution, you can go to our website, click the donate button and use any debit or credit card and help us. And you can also go to our store. We have a new store that just opened today that you can click on the shop button and you can shop the store and look for, as I said, t-shirts, hats, books, and other items that we have for sale. So we do appreciate your support and we thank every one of you who has come out or has helped us in the past. And Jim, we want to thank you for your participation and all that you do to help promote the American Revolution and particularly the Battle of Paoli. So thank you for coming and sharing with us today again. No problem. Thank you for having me, Arch. Thank you so much. Uh, listeners, this is WFYL 1180 AM, Working for Your Liberty. <laughs>